And uh, Passover of the old, and the Passover in the desert. It is National Holocaust Remembrance Day, so it's topical. All right, thank you. Uh, anyway, uh, we had a little bit of trouble early on in the show. Uh, it was before we started recording, and it was a little bit hard on me and you know you. Uh, I'll explain the voicemail that you left me on my phone. Not what two hours ago, something like that. All right, let's play it now. Dude, I don't know how I wake up and I have 11 fucking missed calls from you, three voicemails, and like 16 text messages, all about Jimmy fucking Neutron. All right? I don't know how clearer I can make myself, but I said that I was not interested in recording anything about Jimmy Neutron. Because uh, well, you make a passing joke during one of our uh, one of our episodes that, you know, about, about Jimmy Neutron, suddenly you want to record a whole fucking episode about Jimmy Neutron? I told you. Where this is about Entourage, you know, we're already backed up on recording to begin with, and you want to spend more fucking time, you know, watching watching Baby Genius and, and, and recording an episode about that. I'm just not interested. I don't have an ego about it. I don't, I'm not offended if you, if you find some other jerk-off who wants to watch uh, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Neutron Baby Boy with you. I don't, I'm not interested. Okay, I have no interest in watching that. I have no interest in talking about it. It's it's just not going to happen. And I have to wake up, you know, to 11, uh, 11 fucking voicemails from you. My girlfriend didn't get any sleep that night. I didn't get any sleep. She's sick. And all because you want to fucking call, call my cell phone all night, texting, calling, leaving voicemails about uh, baby geniuses. All right? Get some other jerk off to watch this with you. I'm not interested. I got into this to discuss Entourage, and that's it. You know, otherwise you're going to force my hand. I'm going to have to get up, and I will, I will walk. I will take Turtle Tales, and I will walk. And then you're going to, what's going to be left? Then, then, then the market will decide. All right, but until then, stop fucking calling me. Stop talking about Jimmy Neutron Baby Boy, and, and, and just find some other fucking jerk-off to record this thing with, because I'm not doing it. All right, and I don't want to have this conversation again. All right? It's very troubling, you know? Listen to that again. I mean, you're here now, buddy. I mean, that's all that matters. I mean, listen to that. You're so angry and screaming at me. Well, it's waking up in the middle of the night. Yeah, waking up your girl. I know she's sick. And all I wanted you to watch is this movie. Simple. I mean, I may have got a little over the I watched it. Are you happy? We're here to talk about it. Let's talk about it. Let's get over here. Let's get this over with. I know you're not happy to watch it, and I'm just glad you're. I mean, I'm glad we're still friends, and that you haven't blocked me. We're Facebook. not friends. Well, I'm glad you blocked me on Facebook and on not yet. Uh, well, thank you. Uh, from the bottom of my heart. Um, you have no heart. I just wish. Uh, but yeah, you know, we're here to talk about Jimmy Neutron. Let's get out of the personal stuff, <laughs> right? Right. Anyway, we got two guests up here. We got two bros who've been on the show before. Uh, let's hear it for Zach. Hello. Hi. You ready to go, uh, Claude? Yeah. Hey, how you doing, man? Uh, thanks. Uh, yeah, Zach Claude. Welcome back to the show, Zach Claude. You've been here before. Well, thanks for for having me. I know I'm a controversial guest, and you've been getting a lot of so negative getting feedback. getting a lot of hate about you. I know, I know, but you know, I really appreciate y'all. You know, bringing me back on here. Um, yeah, that's about all I gotta say. You know. I've, but what's I've, weird is Zach, you've been nothing getting but fan mail the whole time. It, that's surprising. I mean. They just been going, Zach, give me more Zach. Inject that straight into my arms. Mm. How, is my episode even like available? Yes. This comes <laughs> really? out after the episode comes out. So yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Never mind. So welcome yeah. to the future, motherfucker. <laughs> this whole tiny one. For the audience. Hey. Time is not linear. We only perceive it that way. It's very timey wimey, you know, things don't happen in the order that we think they do. Love is the fifth dimension. We all know. We all watch yeah. it. Yeah, we get it. Yeah. 
Thanks, We're hip. Christopher Nolan. Uh, anyway, let's get to it. Jimmy Neutron, uh, Boy Genius, uh, great movie. I think you ought to get that right off the bat, right? Yeah. yeah. In, uh, in what capacity? Every capacity. Okay. Eric, you are the biggest star in this movie. You literally when it gets me at every opportunity to do this movie, you screamed at me, no, no, I will not. You hurt me, you hurt my family. You would not do this. And I somehow convinced you to do it. I don't know how, but you did it. And here you are standing in front of me, plain as day, clear as night. What do you think of this movie? No comment. Dark and mysterious. <laughs> anyway, we all watched the movie on uh, Bayboy Genius and Blue Doozy. What a movie. This was a real piece of shit. This was even worse than how I remembered it. Uh, how did you remember it? Did, did you romanticize it and remember it with fond memories? Not really. <laughs> well, you see, you told, and yet we're here. You told me you saw it in the theater, and I want to know about that experience. Why well, did you see it in the theaters as well? Huh? Eric saw it in the theaters as well, too. I just remember it was dark, and mm-hmm. I felt very lonely, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I remember that I saw it. That's about it. I don't remember the circumstances, so I, I will say officially for the record I was forced to watch it, because this is just no good. It's okay. no good. I watched this in theaters, as Claude has claimed, but I gotta say, I did not remember seeing any of this ever, like, two jokes in this movie. Okay. Sing in theaters. I don't remember most of it at all. Well, what, basically, not really enjoying it that much. The, then why did you go? I mean, were you were you a kid or like what was oh, going yeah, on? I was a, a little baby boy. This was two weeks ago. <laughs> the re-release, the DVD anniversary edition re-release party. First of all, when it came out, two thousand eleven. Never forget. Uh, I was probably twelve years old when it came out. So young, so stupid. Zach, you saw some theaters as well, right? You're a little baby boy, like. Uh, I am a little baby boy like you. I actually watched it on pay-per-view a few months after it came out. <laughs> I did not get around to it in theaters, but it was like a thing in our house that we ordered it for like three ninety nine on cable. Pop popcorn. Had had little glass bottles of Coke. It was, it was nice. <laughs> of, of, Fun family bonding time. Of, why why was it a thing, Zachary? Um so we watched a lot of Nickelodeon in my household because I was a little boy, and that's what you do when you're a little boy in the early 2000s. And uh, they just really made this happen. They really promoted the shit out of this movie, I feel like. Yes, yes. It was a thing. They promoted it so much that when it didn't make that much money in theaters, they're like, we don't care. We are still doing the TV show. We spent too much money on this 3D rendering that we need to squeeze like 60 episodes of television out of it. And they sure did. I looked this up. The budget of this movie, $30 million. It did not feel like that with the advertising they put forth for this movie. My God. Like, this was like four years after Toy Story. Like, this is expensive stuff. Wait, this this was four years after Toy Story. So Toy Story came before this. This came out the year Monsters Incorporated, I feel like. Yeah. That that is... 2001. Yeah. That's embarrassing. They animated real fur. So they knew... Edit, animators knew what they could do and they knew what they were doing oh, and they, they made this budget, and they knew limitations like let's go below that let's go far below anyone's expectations what we could do possible okay because all right we were talking a little bit beforehand and i was saying that food fight definitely looks worse yes you know but but that's about but that's about all you can say that's pretty much the high marrow this movie goes it goes like oh it's not food fight it's better than food fight it really is gross watching it because me and Eric, we could not stomach watching this movie. And basically, most of the time we spent watching, like, oh, look at that freak walk by. Look at that fucking disgusting animal design. Well, I, I thought I was having a panic attack because everything is so jittery and it doesn't stop at all. Like, everything is some kind of flashy something or other, flashy something or other, tons of pounding music, flashy something or other. I never felt more like a 93 year old man in my life. You know, well, like, what's gross about this movie is all the characters on it, they look like they're smushed in, uh-huh. but the faces are also stretched out at the same time. Let's talk about the pig people. <laughs> the poor, the pig girl. <laughs> there's so many disgusting character designs in this movie. There's one girl, there's a few girls in class who... Wait are, a second, gross. <laughs> what happened to the teacher? 
Oh yeah. She's still she's still strong. Well, we'll get to that. Okay. Yeah. All right. So so do y'all want to walk us through the plot such yeah, as there is? The uh, Jimmy Neutron, uh, baby genius boy. He starts to be out contacting aliens. Aliens find his message and they abduct all the humans on Earth, all the adult humans, I should say. And then Jimmy Neutron, uh, genius guy, uh, gets all of his friends and they go to Yokis or whatever the fuck the planet was called. And then they save Yokis and they bring the humans back in the, the end. Well, you you missed the the whole section where it turns all Lord of the Fliesy for about you know five minutes there, but yeah, that was that was pretty much. We'll it. get we'll get to that. Okay. Guys, guys, there's there's forty. This is an eighty minute movie. There's forty minutes of this movie before the plot starts. Well, that's what I was wondering. Oh, it's a very chill movie. Yeah, <laughs> like exactly. before before the aliens even show up or pick up his like toaster receiver, <laughs> there's just forty <laughs> minutes of movie. Well, I think it's going to start. You want to get into the characters' heads. I mean, you want to make this into a franchise, you know? Yeah. Okay, so it starts off with him in the darkest vacuum of space, wearing no kind of space helmet. He doesn't even have a windshield on his rocket. Well, in the beginning, it said he's not left the atmosphere yet. Okay, all right, fine. Still, so he tosses a toaster up in the air. Where it lands, why should I care? And then comes uh, right back down to Earth, and it's supposed to be some alien talking toaster. So we've got the toaster alien plot hanging around there. And so then he crashes down, and he goes to school, and he's got a shrink ray that doesn't work. So we've got the shrink ray plot hanging in there. And then he hears about some some plan to go to some fair or something like that. Oh, no, 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 no. And then we've got the sneaking out plot. He finds a poster and goes, hey – Let's go to this box, eh? Exactly. So, all right, this, this is what was confusing me. This is why I feel like a 93-year-old man is um, the, you've got these three plots. Which one is the plot? I kept wondering, like, which is the main one? What are they going to do? How are they going to tie this together? There's like three separate episodes of television just together. Yes. Yeah. And, and to its credit, it does try to stitch them together. The, the, I wouldn't go so far as to say they're integral, but you've got these three it things. It really does work, though, when you put them together. Though. Yeah, yeah. I was kind of surprised like about the whole movie, and you're like, okay, I got my money's worth. Thanks, Nickelodeon. I feel like a good person. Yeah. So let's talk Donkey Island, where it goes all uh, Lord of the Flies. Because that was kind of my, my – that was the part that fascinated me. That's your favorite part of the movie. Yeah. Before – before we get there, can I just mention that in the first two minutes of this movie, the first time we meet Jimmy's parents, there is a nipple tweaking joke for the adults in the audience. Oh, wait, I didn't hear this. Say it very clearly. I want to get Okay, so right when you're introduced to the parents, um, which the mother looks like Lana Del Rey, if you didn't notice, it's just, it's uncanny. Um, he wanted to like model herself after the character in this movie, maybe quite possibly. Um, probably because she's married to like the most stereotypical dad, like with these dad, really. Yeah, like Pete Holmes' fun dad. Uh, oh god, but like in the, the first time you meet them, she's uh bringing him eggs and he uh touches the egg yolks with his fingers and like tweaks them and goes, Your yolks are perfect. Uh, and then they giggle. Like, it is a nipple-tweaking joke in the first two minutes of this film. Oh, my God. She's losing my mind. Are, is that you bring that into it, or is it the movie? No, like, that's that's there. I think like, that's your fetish, you know? I'm going to say, it's always clean. Like, the, the listeners at home can't see this, but you guys can. Like, it's like this to the egg yolk. Uh, for the listener, uh, Zach is bringing his... Thumb and uh, index finger together in a very fast and repeated manner. It's tweaking it's an tweaking. invisible nipple in yeah. front of him. Tweaking an egg yolk. Like for the listener, if you want to react, you just you know twist a nipple like you would in real life and just do it in front of you know yourself. Yeah, you understand what he's doing. Some sexual. You understand the joke in the movie where they make a reference to nipple tweaking in the Nickelodeon movie, and it's right away like yeah. You know, five minutes. You know, Pixar movies were, uh, you know, in introducing adult humor, and I guess that was just, you know. Yeah, they introduced that fisting joke in. Uh, yeah, like it was the same year as Shrek. It was the yeah. same year as Shrek, and that movie's just ripe with stuff children won't understand. And that was, but, um, what was that? Um, Cleveland Jones joke. Cleveland Steamer joke, I forget 
Yeah. Whereas Trek was like, I have to shit in your chest. You know? <laughs> that that happened. happened. Yes. I mean, the kids didn't get it, but we got it. Yeah, we got we it. We said Trek, but the kids didn't get it. He's like, oh, it's funny because he's taking a dump on her chest. Yep. Poop is funny. Yes. But we got it like, oh, it's sexual. <laughs> Eric, speak on that. On what? On Cleveland's You've made me... They're okay as long as everyone consents. I'm, who am I to judge? I'm, I'm furious with you. You made me watch this. I watched this just so I could sit here next to you and glare at you for the 40-minute podcast this is going to be because to talk about this movie longer is to do it a far greater injustice than it is to watch it. I hate you. Well, how are things going in New Jersey? Oh, in the, the wonderful Garden State? Wonderful. I'm just, just eating some gabagool right now. Enjoying this in-depth Jimmy Neutron, Baby Boy Geniuses 2, Baby Geniuses conversation we're having. Anyway, before we got on that tangent, Eric, we were talking about Jimmy Neutron. And okay. Right after that scene, where do we go? Well, he, he's going to school, and he's chasing down the school bus with his bubblegum bouncy ball. Oh, like, right before we get to that. Uh-huh. Uh, the parents see him off, and he leaves. The school bus is already far away from... Uh, Jimmy, before he could run up the catch to it. My parents just go bothering, like, oh, okay, we'll drive you to school. They go, oh, goodbye, good luck. Yeah, they, it's not, let's drive you to school. It's, all right, see you later. Go go Bye. bounce off. It, it is, I, I wonder, are they distracted? Are they negligent? Like, what are they doing? And, you know, okay, this is, this is the question that I have about Jimmy Neutron as a character. Okay, this this is kind of a stupid question, but hear me out. Is he a genius or is he not a genius? Because we see he has all these, you know, brilliant machines and things like that, but they keep really screwing up on him, right? He's got like well, this. He's a boy. Okay. He may be a genius, but he is also a boy. He's a, big, and, a baby boy genius. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, boy geniuses need to fail before they become actual geniuses, before they become man Much geniuses. Like all right, see. Entourage. He needs to grow before he becomes the star he is. Okay, you know what? That puts it into context for me because I kept wondering about that. On the one hand, there's all this magnificent stuff he seems to be able to do. On the other hand, it always seems to kind of backfire on him. Like, he's got this magnificent robot that ties his shoes, but it ties them together. And he's got that magnificent well, sink that blows him in the face. It's like... The tie shoe robot, because I'm very interested in talking about this. Mm-hmm. The shoe robot cannot tie his shoes. Excuse me, his name is Shoebot. <laughs> Sorry, my mistake. Um, it's French. It's Shubo. Oh, Shubo. Let's say that. Shubo. He teaches Shubo how to tie shoes incorrectly. But he also teaches Shubo empathy. And Shubo apologizes for his mistake. That is true. I think empathy is more important than the ability to tie shoes. But he's able to control that empathy, but he can't teach him to tie a simple shoelace. What the fuck are you doing, Jimmy Baby Boy (laughs) Jintron? Well, it seemed like maybe he skipped one step. Like maybe, maybe he put his focus on the more important task when he was putting that robot together. The empathy was, uh, I guess, the the more important task. I mean, that would be a significant step forward in robotics, a significant I mean, step forward she, in artificial intelligence. Robot, I mean, it's like he needs a simple one tech structure. I mean, think he could are director John Luke Godard, the French director, of course. Yes. Uh, I think that'd be more important to teach empathy too. Wait a minute. I see. I thought the the dog was named after the rocket scientist, right? No, no, no. Oh no, no, no. He's Jimmy is big on the French New Wave scene. Oh, like, that's okay. a direct reference to Alphaville. Yeah. Has nothing to do with rocket science. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. See, well, this was my other question. Did is, you see all the other mentions that uh, were inspired by Jelly Goodard films? There was that. Uh, yeah, like yeah. Jean, Carl, uh, Jimmy, Cindy, they're all a band of outsiders. Okay, right. Like, that's the whole plot of the movie. And, there's and, that one scene inspired by Breathless where Jimmy is taken hostage uh, due to Cindy interloping. Yeah, okay. I, I I'm seeing that. Found the third film, you know, I can disprove my So, all right. Well, if we're, you know, if it's not the rockets, I want to get rocket science in there somewhere because I was looking at, at Jimmy Neutron's hair and I was wondering if he was designed after Jack Parsons. Uh, was there a rocket science Satanism angle that the film was covertly kind of playing with? You know what I mean? No. Okay. You don't <laughs> think no, I, think, I, I think they just were, you know. 
uh, Conan O'Brien was big at the time. Like uh-huh. Sugar and Spice had come out like a year or two before. Like okay. during peak Conan popularity in 2001. So I think they just gave him the Conan deal. Okay. But see, yeah. I, I think there's a lineage back there, man. I think uh, Conan himself has, has claimed um, – Conan claimed that he wanted the hair from the dude on Hawaii Five O. And I believe that went back to the old 30s style. And this is relevant to Jimmy Neutron How? <laughs> I'm just trying to relate Listen, it to – Listen, all right, ship here. I want to have you. When? You guys are giving this movie too much credit. They're just a bunch of queers running around doing bullshit. All right, so – I know you have very, very – Strict views of homosexuals in New Jersey, though. All right, so while while we're on the issue of sexuality and gender, I wanted to ask this. Okay, when he's bouncing, okay, he leaves the house and he's got this bouncy ball and he's following the bus. Right, back, to, back to stage one. Right, and there's that girl who he Sydney seems vortex. yeah he seems to That's hate her. I'm not I'm not a sad adult. Mm-hmm. He seems to hate her and she seems to hate him, and she calls him a nerd. But she's also into science. So, it, like, what, is there some kind of a hypocrisy there? Or yeah. is it Clearly, more acceptable? She's a self-hating nerd. Okay. Sexual tension. <laughs> well, they get to that when they go to, like, the weird campfire scene and they're all in their uh, bunk beds talking about when they're going to meet girls. Not how they can survive hey, without oxygen in the middle of space. Scene. But What you know. is the scene you're talking about? The, the, in, when... Um, when they're camping out by the fire and they're all in their sleeping bunk bags. Beds. Oh, I, I said bunk beds. Sorry about that. I'm the one who's sober. I don't know how this is happening. But um, the, the they're all in their 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 sleeping bags talking about. I mentioned you have the movie playing in the background. Yeah, I know. It's like it's there for reference. Um, but yeah, they're 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 all in their their uh, sleeping bags talking about when their sexuality is going to develop, and and it gets a little weird, man. That, that's all I'm saying. It's a lot of weird. There's also an uh, earlier scene where they uh, develop that she's really scientific. Yes. You know, I'm pretty sure none of this is based on any scientific fact where she goes, a uh, female plebeosaurus clearly dogged the male plebeosaurus because they're all bitches. The end. Walk yeah. away. Walk, walk, walk. But then he's he... like, hey, that was just proved in the scientific journal. I'm like, motherfucker, that was not any, any scientific journal. Any of this nonsense. But see, I, I, that's what I was wondering about. She's castigating him for being a nerd. And that seems to be the thing that other people have a problem with as far as Jimmy Neutron goes. But she also seems to, to exhibit those nerd qualities. Is she sort of projecting onto him? Is she trying to exhibit her greater intelligence? Therefore, well, she's not a nerd. In the prisoner scene where she goes... I was smartest kid in class, and then you came along, and now I'm them them. Okay, all right. There's definitely some jealousy. Definitely some sexual attraction. I mm-hmm. think they just need a bang and get it over with. Yeah, yeah, I I, I can see that, especially these after nine, that, that sleeping. These nine year olds need to fuck. <laughs> There's a lot of sexual attraction in this movie. It's ridiculous, and mainly it's it's coming off in a heaping steam from Nick. Oh yeah, because he's so damn cool. He's oh, man, he walks in, and I'm just going to say this. All our voters are straight up in the air, erect, with the power of God himself. Well, I, I was telling y'all, I took notes on this, and on my phone, about five different times, it just says, oh, Nick, he's so damn cool. Because um, every time he walks on the scene, it's it's sort of like the Poochie effect. Man, look at Nick. He's so damn cool. You know? And it was like, everyone he leaves the scene, like, where's Nick? Where'd he go? Yeah, because... more Nick. Well, that's that's the other lesson to draw from this film. No matter how smart the girl, a hot dumb guy, reduce her to to, to you know quivering jelly. So incredibly true. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> so y'all didn't find this film sexist at all? Oh no no, this is true to life. I all mean, right. it's like a it's supposed to be some sort of parody of like Leave It to Beaver style shows and like 1950s sci-fi i'm just not sure how it's a parody of those things it is though when you look at it in the right way like it's like <laughs> what is that way but i don't really know what angle it's coming at it from and what it's really subverting yeah it, it I, I get what you're talking about that it seems to want to have this like kitsch camp 
effect or something like that, but it doesn't. I don't know. It just doesn't quite come together either because like, it's too neutered, or it it just doesn't have an aim. It's it's pastiche no, and not narrative. No yeah, like the parents are leave it to Beaver. The aliens are very like Plan Nine. Yeah. Uh, Nick Nick is like this Fonzie sort of. The whole way like, is called retro. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, okay. They live in Retroville. Um, my one note on Nick, though, is that I put Nick equals Vincent Chase, and I wonder what you guys think about that. No, I think Vincent Chase is far more plaisé about everything. Nick makes far too much an effort with everything. Yeah, but, like, teen Vincent Chase probably gave a shit, and then once he realized he was better than everyone, he didn't have to give a shit. That might be true. Whereas, like, like the- Neutron's the same way. Like, the reason he's a nerd is that he tries so damn hard. Yeah, but Nick's just so damn cool. Well, there's a scene where Nick is like seeing the wonders of the universe, and so he goes, "Isn't it beautiful, Nick?" And then Nick goes, Psh, "I don't give a fuck. White people only get up to the fucking asteroid, bitch." Yeah, those. That's that's a Vinny Chase line. Yeah. Well, probably not so hateful, but yeah. 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 Um, you know all the swear words out of it. You, like, you mentioned the alien. Can, can we talk about the head alien for a second? Patrick Stewart? Yes. So, so, Excuse me, Sir Patrick Stewart. So what is it? What is the deal with Sir Patrick Stewart? If you just ask him to do something, he'll do it. Like, he shows up in the weirdest stuff, man. You know? Beer commercial. Oh. <laughs> what? Beer okay, commercial? Oh, yeah. My, my woman just uh, chimed in. It's Have you seen the cider commercial that he's in for like five seconds? Or it's a beer commercial that he's in where he's... Holding up a big thing in front of his head. No, I don't understand. I don't own a television. Okay. <laughs> I've seen. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I've seen it. Or, I, or, I don't own a television, so I don't know. Or like American Dad. Like, how did well, they get him to do that? Exactly. Just, yeah. American Dad's really no, good. He's great as American Dad. I'm not saying he's shitty American Dad. But d- what what is his deal now, though? If you just like if you see him in the street and say, "Hey, man, you want to come uh, record some nonsense?" Well, he's really just, into comedy. And I guess yeah, I think he just like, was like a good paycheck. Like, would you consider this comedy? <laughs> it's a pretty funny. I, I'll say it's a pretty funny performance by him. I I laughed probably four times during this movie. I don't hate it like you guys do. I don't necessarily hate it. Don't throw me with these bunch of yokels. I, I was yeah, just yeah. confused by it. Like this movie is like a solid six point five out of ten. No. Wood bag. Wood <laughs> bag. Would bad. That that's gonna get you put on a list somewhere, buddy. Jimmy Neutron's uh, shirtless through a lot of this movie, by the way. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm like, this is uncomfortably. Uh, it all it all started when the parents left, and they all thought they could do stuff, and then slowly you can see his character change and morph into a more degrading version of himself. So you're saying uh, more pure turn of you would be better? Yes. Is that what the New Jerseyans are like? Yes, Is that that's what a lot of us are. Like. Yeah, I think uh, my friend Chris Christie, have you heard of him, would agree. Uh, anything else Chris Christie would tell you? That this gabagool is delicious. <laughs> he probably would say that you do good impressions. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Martin Short is unbearable. Yeah, that, that was the other thing. How... Martin Short, like, what was he doing? Isn't that... No. Never mind. No, go ahead, Eric. I was just about to say, isn't that Martin Short's default status unbearable? <laughs> I'm a Martin Short fan, so I'll say that's the problem. <laughs> uh, this also came out around Treasure Planet, I think, a year, or maybe just a few months apart. Mm. So, yeah, it is very unbearable. It's like his Treasure Planet role was. <sighs> Which almost ruined the movie. Mm. Somebody say it did, but I'm almost there with that. Yeah. No, I, I actually quite enjoy Treasure Planet. Yeah, Treasure yeah. Planet, great movie. Great movie. Just delete all of uh... Never saw it. So, so it's <laughs> very good. Yeah. We should just do a Treasure Planet podcast. No. Yeah, so, yes. 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 do it. Uh, th- this I would be okay with. Every Can we measure? Oh, we got a title already. <laughs> All right, so Can we make it a double feature: Treasure Planet, Atlantis, The Lost Empire. Oh, great movies! All right, so Jimmy Neutron, where where did we last leave off? No, no, we're still in Treasure Planet. Shut up. Okay, <laughs> so he sneaks out of his house. 
So yes. that, that was the whole thing because he has this whole ethical dilemma about sneaking out of his house. But didn't we start with him already sneaking out of his house? Like he was already up in a rocket in the stratosphere without his parents knowing it. Was it? I don't think he, wait, 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 I don't think he asked for his parents' permission though. No, he, he just snuck out. He, he got a job on that ship. There was that guy with the peg leg and then they go off on the adventure. And now I brought it back to Treasure okay. Planet so you can talk about Treasure Planet. <laughs> No, but Leia, okay, if, if he's already flying around in outer space, hasn't he already snuck out? Why does he have this huge ethical dilemma? Um, because he received a message from outer space, but it was garbled in the outer sphere, so he had to launch a communications toaster. I mean satellite. So that's yeah, different. Okay. Th- that's different. Sneaking out to do that is different than sneaking well, out to go to Six Flags. So... Sneaking out for science is different than sneaking out for, like, personal reasons. And also, let's not compare Six Flags to this piece of shit place. Even <laughs> Six Flags is a piece of shit. I mean, this place is I, I think we can compare Six Flags to this piece of shit place. Okay, I, 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 all right. I'm I glad somebody said Six Flags is ahead of Heading Zoo. It's garbage theme parks. Well, I By just, way, I, I, I do kind of want that pen that says, I touched a llama. I, I, you know, <laughs> it sounds so sexual. It's so good. I'm still trying to figure out what it means, but it does sound sexual. Yeah, Jimmy Neutron. For for those of you listeners who haven't seen this fine film, Jimmy Neutron has a, a friend who's a little bit hefty and wears suspenders, and he's apparently scared of everything. And his name is Ginger Balls. Carl. Cletus. Carl. And Carl. so he goes to. Uh, he goes. No, 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 never mind. I'm I'm wrong. It's Cletus. <laughs> right. So they go to um, the petting zoo at this wannabe Six Flags, and uh, Cletus goes and gets all excited because he can actually touch a llama. And he does it, and he gets a pin, like a little button that says, I By the way, the TV show, this becomes a major character-defining trait where he mentions llamas in almost every episode. Is, is it? Yes. Yes. No lie. It's every episode. That, boy, that boy loves his llamas. So did Carl... Carl loves llamas and drinking warm milk and having his belly rubbed by his mother. And Sheen loves Ultra Lord and Ultra Lord and Ultra Lord. Is that is, his name? I don't remember. Yeah, is that a religious he's thing? He's a Latino member of the group. Yeah. So he, I he, he was loves Asian. His I real name he, is I thought he was Esteban. a non slanty eyed Asian. <laughs> no. Eric is so such a racist. I, no, that was New Jersey Beans. <laughs> I, I apologize. All right. So, but it, okay. So he's got these buddies, right? And, and all right. One, one question I had was, did, did the TV show come first or this movie came first? The movie came the first. The movie came first. The movie is like a pilot for the TV show. And it worked like gangbusters. That's a ballsy move. And it worked out like gangbusters six seasons of the TV show. Huh. <laughs> so it's like community backwards. Yeah. All right. So they go to the fair. It's like the state fair or whatever. No, it's like a theme park they built in the place. Okay. So it's like, it's like a Six Flags is built there. They go back and they find that all their parents have been kidnapped. Now, yes. why did they kidnap just the parents and not the kids? Well, I think because the parents are more uh, appetizing. I'd say more. They're more right. Yeah. They're right. Yeah. They think of them as fruit or vegetables. Okay. Because the parents are like the, you know, <clears throat> big apple you want to eat. A big juicy apple as well, buck. And then the kids are like, you know, a little green. Let them let them linger for a bit. And when they're eighteen, you pluck them and you suck that juicy star fruit. Okay, because then, all right. Once they, they they go to bed, they they sneak back in. They go to bed, and that's when they realize all the parents are gone. And then it turns like Lord of the Flies slash Donkey Island from Pinocchio. This is your favorite part of the movie, by the way. You well, were I thought it, I, yeah, I thought today going like all about this. Like, yeah, fourth time you mentioned but this Donkey part Island. Of the movie is fantastic. Well, one well, guys, at this point, they're not kidnapped. At this point, they're just all on vacation in Florida. Okay, okay. Cool. Hey, Thank hey, you hey. for the clarification. Hey. What do you mean by that, Zach? Um, well, they're literally on vacation in Florida. That the is the message. Florida, Jack, that I, say your um, some as, podcast. New Jersey's better. Yeah. Well, as a uh, proud Arizonan, I believe that the state I'm in is the better of the two states that have spring training baseball. So uh, Florida can suck my dick. You know what? <laughs> Family Florida podcast. Can suck my asshole. Feels better than you. Fa- family podcast. I mean, come on, guys, keep it clean. Hey, what's what's what? what's not 
what's not family about sucking my dick, Florida? Like, I'm sorry, I don't understand your grievance. That's why she shut the fuck up. This is my podcast. I don't Eric, you tell us shut the fuck up. It's your podcast, too. Technically, isn't Florida a dick? Don't we get sucked? Yeah, you have to suck us. Hey, you, can I inform you on this thing called docking, where a dick can suck a dick, and Florida is a dick and can suck my dick? All right, I want you to elaborate on docking. Give me a run by run. Uh, so docking is an act primarily performed by gay men where you uh, put two penises together and um, one kind of engulfs the other. Oh, like a snake. Yeah. You rat. Yeah. I don't think yeah. that actually happens. Well, I think this, when you put the two dicks together, one actually becomes engorged to a point where it goes in mouth. <laughs> it starts yeah, but doesn't, the, uh, doesn't the arousal of another penis expand the urethra to encompass the other dick? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Like anaconda. Yes. Yeah. One dick is an anaconda, the other dick is John Boyd. Yeah. Well, that, that, that sounds biologically accurate. So they go to Donkey Island. And <laughs> one more thing before they go to Donkey Island. Um, uh, rewind to when uh, Miss Fowl gets shrunk by the shrink ray. Oh, okay, Isn't right. Isn't that the most frightening worm you have ever seen? Oh, it's terrifying. Yeah, at, at the it very beginning. It is terrifying. It's funny if you ask me. At the very beginning, uh, Jimmy Neutron is showing off his, his show and tell project, which is his little shrink ray. It's like a modified uh, remote control. And so he's zapping it and he's zapping it, but it doesn't quite work and it kind of blows up in his hand a little bit. And then they make fun of him for being a nerd, which I thought was paradoxical because if he was really a nerd, wouldn't it have worked? So anyway, um, the, the, the teacher takes it and then is banging around with it on the desk and shrinks herself. And you get this, yeah, it's a giant worm with all these book bag. Right, right, right. Sorry. But it's like, she's confronting this giant worm with like a ring of teeth, like straight out of the Sarlacc pit. That was, that was terrifying. It is, t- is even more terrifying by how badly animated this worm is. Yeah, it jumped like, around a little bit. This does not belong in a children's Listen, film. This is not how it is a kid's level of horrifying. This is nothing. You fucking babies don't know what you're crying about. Well, it's it's no uh, scary stories to tell in the dark, but it, it gets a little close, man. It gets a little no, close. No, no. This is baby shit. Watch How You Turn to Kids again. I'll tell you. You've seen some shit. Jesus, that movie has scarred him. Yes. It is my scariest movie all That's time. the one, like, area of the park you won't go to. No. I will not go. You will Whenever not go. I go to Disney Studios, MGM, and there's the How You Turn to Kids walkthrough, I'll go for that. Ever. Ever. I'll walk huh. around that shit. I, I call it an irrational fear. I think he should confront it one day. No. He never will. He's got a giant ant in there. There is a giant ant in there's there. There's bees. Bees? And they got... Water fountain? It's spooky. That's not for kids. That's not for kids at all. Okay, okay so all the I parents... I say, Miss Fowl, she's got some fight in her. Oh, yeah. She comes back at the end. I mean, we... we, we... She never gets unshrunk, though, so she has to live her life constantly fighting work. Well, it brings us back to the television show and the uh, special they had in television before the show came out. I never want to watch this shit oh, ever my God, again. So. Guys, 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 I just realized that, like... The Miss Fowl shrinking and getting attacked by a worm thing is totally like a reversal because Miss Fowl is part bird. The bird's oh, not attacking off. the worm. The worm is oh. attacking the ah. Clever writing. Clever oh, writing. Guys, we just blew this movie wide open. So they go to Donkey Island. <laughs> is it Donkey Island? Is that what it's called? <laughs> no, it's just... I, it's once they realize all the parents are gone, all the kids cut loose. Like, did y'all ever see Pinocchio? They they go to Donkey Island in Pinocchio. It's like the yeah, island they start of drinking and smoking. Like yeah, they start drinking and smoking, and then they become donkeys. And so that's kind of what happens to the kids. They start drinking and smoking. Uh, Nick does a little bit of crack, and uh, it just goes terrible from there. Right? It's very dramatic. No, they're they're all running around overeating. It, it seemed like that was their equivalent of taking drugs and drinking too much. And then the next day, Jimmy Neutron has, like, some kind of overeating hangover. Yeah. They all is, hangovers. Isn't it possible that they are just underfed children? That's and the a, parents disappearing is actually a positive thing? Because now they actually get to eat 
a healthy amount of food. It could be. A healthy amount of candy. A healthy amount of candy. But then Nick accuses him of being a virgin. And I thought that was a little off. <laughs> Nick seems pretty dumb. Well, I can say whatever he wants. He's, like, he's dumb. He's quite stupid. Wait, wait, wait a second. You're acting like that scene was weird. Did you guys not lose your virginities when you were nine? <laughs> of course. Just well, me? Okay, okay. Just well, no, it's he wakes up from, from this, this sugar bender and uh, Nick, who's just so damn cool. Oh, gross. It's a big face girl from before in the classroom. Because she was so eager to get it. She's so fucking disgusting looking. What the fuck is with these kids in this class? So ugly parents in this town. So they wake up from the sugar bender and and Nick tells them, I remember my first time. Or some weird thing like that. It's just... (laughs) I don't know. It's it's really weird, man. But So they wake up and realize that their parents aren't there. And so at some point, the kids take over the news station and have their own news broadcast. That was very very bizarre to me because they had to discover how television works, essentially. You got to have kid news. I mean, didn't even Nickelodeon have that show? Kid news? Yeah, describe that show to me, Kid news. It was was a new show. Eric, Eric, Eric. Eric, Carl, you're Eric. I am Eric. Gabagool! I'm in New Jersey. I'm a teacher and a bartender. Gabagool! how is kid news work? It's just the news, but with kids. Okay, so they, they, they learn how to run video cameras, and they get on the news. Yeah, and they get all this training from no one. And they tell they each other. running. They tell each other what they already know, which is that the parents are gone, right? And it's it's not good, that's not good news. Even though it's kind of information we can already infer from how everyone's acting, like, oh, Eric's like acting her stomach hurts and was crying. Yeah. There's like one funny joke where there's one kid's like, we had a cotton, eating, a cotton candy eating contest and I won. And it zooms out and shows he's really fat now. Yeah. Then he burps and then his stomach explodes out of his, his stomach is quite distended. So this was another paradox I saw in the film or, or, or another sort of – it was weird because on the one hand – the kids have to recognize, like, they, they go through all this stuff and they finally recognize that they're vulnerable and they need the parents. But then once they do that, they build a bunch of rocket ships to go out into outer space without any space helmets or even windshields. So why do they need the parents now? It seems like they're perfectly capable of taking care of themselves if you can keep them away from the sugar for five seconds. Well, because the big problem with this scene is when they're in space, they should be dead. <laughs> Yeah, I think the harsh it, it, vacuum of space it is not it's not possible in any scenario. It really isn't. They should all freeze to death, become icicles. They should just die. They Their heads would explode if Total Recall taught me death. anything. I I I'm really curious about the physics of this 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 film. Well, in the television show, they make fun of it. Do, I think like 30 episodes in, like oh yeah. By the way, we never explained how this worked. And you, you try to start explaining it, and then Carl just goes, llama, 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 llama. It sounds like a joke of making it up, but it's fucking true. Okay. He says this in the show. I know, because I've seen this like 30 times in reruns. Okay, well, I great. think it's a fool who looks for logic in a Nickelodeon show. Sure. So, well, they, well, at first... I, yeah. I disagree with you there. Uh, Cat Dog explains its show's universe in a very realistic context. <laughs> well, that's, yeah. because, that's because that's a good show. Well, kind of explains it's universe because it's horrible universe to live in, just like ours. <laughs> Everyone is out to get their own. Everyone's a piece of shit. No one cares about each other. You're all out on your own. Fuck off. Like, like we understand the full um, explanation of why Cat Dog can't exist and how Cat Dog was conceived, mm. and like a cat and a dog. They did it. I, it's weird. I don't even want to say it, it but we be. know that. Yeah, it should not be. It is a freak of nature. But it is but, B. It but is it B. It be is. It be is. Yes, indeed. And yeah, the tagline of the show, so, it be is. Yeah, so, like, so Nickelodeon will explain things. They won't baby us. Okay. They're being watched by babies, but like they will explain this shit to the so point where. Big Junior, am I right? Yeah. <laughs> So there's an Nick intricate. Junior goes hard in the paint. They really do. So there's an intricate. Wait, wait, Claude. Zach, speak up that. How does it go hard in the paint? I want to hear more about this. Okay. What are your theories on Nick Junior? 
Um, I don't know if you've seen Blue's Clues, but like that shit makes Law and Order SVU look vanilla. Okay. Like All there right. is some good. stuff good. on Zach, there. Okay. Zach, Zach, shut up. We're good. Okay. Okay. Fine. Let's go. Okay. So. Zach killed that heat really good. <laughs> I have so much to say about Blue's Clues. You know, I read your essays. They're great, but you know, it's not the public space to speak them. No. No. You know. Come in. I can see you crying a little bit. Just come in. I just, I just care. I just care so much. Claude, you're allowed to speak now. Okay, so <laughs> at first everybody's blaming uh, Jimmy Neutron for bringing this upon him. Uh, they blame. They continue to blame him for the movie, though. Yeah. So everybody blames him for all this stuff, and I suppose in some sense they're right because he did launch the toaster into space that allows him to talk to aliens, but. Even when he develops the technology to get out there, they're still sort of picking on him, right? Exactly. And there's also this weird moral for the movie, which is very half-assed, by the way. It's like, don't talk to strangers, by the way. The end. But, see, that didn't even pay off, I thought. I mean, it, it no, was just a throwaway line. So, okay, they, they, they decide they have to go save their parents, so they build a bunch of spaceships from the Six Flags down the road. Um, and launch themselves into outer space, and they get out there, and then we have this touching, heartfelt uh, campfire scene where they're all in their sleeping bags, and Jimmy starts uh, looking towards the inevitable time when he will hit puberty and want to touch girls. And it gets really awkward. I think it's very gross whenever kids' movies ever get into the subject of like where it's more like sexual than you know emotional. Yeah, it gets all Moonrise Kingdom for about a second, and you're like, wait a minute, is this, where is this going, you know? Well, at least Moonrise Kingdom felt sweet, and yeah. it felt real. The, this felt like the end of like, it. I want to see these kids fuck. <laughs> yeah, I can't, like, that was another one of my notes. Please tell me this doesn't turn into the end of it. I mean, it, it gets, it, it's just a little off. I think there's some alcohol dribbling down his chin right now, apparently. <laughs> no, no, I just want Got him. But yeah, it's it's this strange, heartfelt scene. And and for a second, I thought his buddy was coming out because Jimmy's like, you know, uh, we're going to want to talk about girls. And his buddy's like, I don't want to talk about girls. And it almost seemed like this weird, you know, broaching. Well, he's actually attracted lava. It's, it's okay. There's, there's a Zach, friend that I don't know what it is. Zach, you see yes. that time where Carl ends up fucking lava. It's like a whole. That's, that's a that's a two parter. You actually find out he uh, his uh, gender identity is Llama Kid. Okay. And uh, you know he's not on that normal paradigm, it's called, so it's oh, not weird. Title for it? It's like I Am Llama Part One, Part Two. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So no, Zach, continue, please. Oh. No, Zach, continue in the trial. Oh. Do you want I haven't seen it for a while. You were saying. Okay. Right. So. Uh, yeah, so uh, Carl starts dating a llama, and he starts taking the llama to social functions in school and eating with the llama at lunch, and everybody starts giving him a very hard time because he has taken his llama thing a little too far. Society, then, they, they will yeah. never understand. Chris Christie. But, Chris Christie they, does understand. Chris Christie understands. He always understands. Uh, so he, uh, people get really upset about it. Like They start picketing, and there's fire and brimstone, and pitchforks and flaming torches and then he has to explain no guys like this isn't that weird it's not that weird because i am llama kid i am not a uh i do not uh incorporate human into my gender identity well what's weird is that he is burned alive at the end episode and it's like a direct message where the town is like like having a parade thank god we killed him and Jimmy's yeah, just like aghast, like, what have we done? Have we become like a real monster? And just like zooms out. <laughs> like, it seems like a really nice, like, after school special episode. Like a Nick News, Linda Ellerby, we're going to get real on you thing. And then it just becomes the Wicker Man. Yeah. And it's very, it's very odd. And, nor- like, I was expecting in that third act for Jimmy to be, like, brain blast and find a way to get Carl out of this. And, like, well, what's really dark is like, that it goes to the brain blasting, and he comes up with nothing. Yeah. And then he was he's helpless in watching Carl burn alive. 
Like, I thought he was going to make a machine and do some, like, gender conversion therapy, and it was going to be very, like, dated and of its time, but it doesn't go there. It doesn't go anywhere. Carl just dies. So, okay, this is – this sounds like a very fascinating uh, episode, and, and my question would be, okay, how are we supposed to take that as the audience? Are we supposed to be horrified by this and examine our own attitudes towards gender, or are we supposed to go along with it? Like that was one of the, the, the things that Terry Gilliam said about uh, Brazil, that the way he originally had it, it's such a downer ending, but he wanted to inspire you to, to go out and make sure that this doesn't happen. Whereas the happy ending that they tacked on makes it seem as if, yeah, it makes it seems as if. But he goes to the village and he sees happy with his wife. Yeah, and, and it's it, great. I'm like, but, why are you making this sad now? Yeah, yeah, but he he also said like one way to interpret that is that it, it contains all of the 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 energy of that film. Like what it does is it gives it a happy ending, so it curtails your own activity out in the real world. It, it seems as if this episode of Jimmy Neutron is is operating in a similar scale that, you know, on the one hand, it, it seems to open up the possibility that that we can take this and examine our own uh, ideas about how gender operates and 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 our our attitudes towards that, our persecute uh, our own persecutive that's not even a word but our own tendencies to persecute based on this this episode but i mean if it had had a happier ending if the conversion therapy would have worked um or if they had incorporated that perhaps it would have you know curtailed the 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 you know that the sort of well, radical response of words, but the end of the show uh, has like the whole time having pray like thank god the transgressor is dead yeah and it adds Jimmy Neutron to gas, like map a gate, like how can you do this? Yeah. So are we. I don't have to do anything about it, but all I can do is like parents are going like, "Aren't you happy he's gone?" And I think he was like, "Yeah." So is Jimmy Neutron our our moral center, or how are we supposed to interpret? He's a moral center, but it's like, what can you do against this over uh, over what's the word? Impeding evil. Okay. What can you do? Impending. Yeah, impeding is a word. Impeding is right. Thank you. No, impede is a word. I don't think it's the right word. No, I meant it's not the right word. Impeding, impeded. Impeded? Impedoing. Eric, why did you tell us? So after they have this... I've seen... This is the most Jimmy trauma I'll ever see in my life. I think it's important to remember that this episode took place post-9-11. This was like summer 2002... The war in Afghanistan was going on. We were just about to enter Iraq. Saying peanut butter over there. Yeah. So we were. It's from a very particular time where there is a lot of fear and xenophobia. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's a Terry Gilliam situation. I feel like this episode was born from fear. Okay. And it was very fearful of the world they were living in. It was very fearful of Carl being Lama Kid. Mm-hmm. So we're not supposed to, you know, like Jimmy is our morally ambiguous ambiguous character in this episode okay that's interesting. he like in the end is like you know what maybe it was for the best well that's and uh, that's really fascinating you bring up that that it's born of fear because it also struck me that this movie was born of fear don't talk to strangers oh, the strangers are the aliens they're gonna come eat your parents it's very strange this movie came out only a couple months after 9-11 because it feels directly inspired by 9-11 yeah yeah so it's very See, I feel it's very Reagan-esque. Like, this movie seems to have been, like, written in the Reagan era mm-hmm. and then, like, produced in 2001, like, yeah. right on the cusp of 9-11. It's just, it's such a strange time See, capsule. You might have been, like, the bell, like, okay, with this alien video happened, and then 9-11 happened, like, oh, fuck. Well, these fucking alien fucks came and took our fucking parents, and we fucking took a fight to them, and we blew them the fuck up. Exactly, exactly. There yeah. is a lot of machismo going on. It, it sort of reminds you of uh, Aliens, right? You know, the the, the James Cameron film. The, oh, yeah. the it's game over, man. It's game over. Who put exactly. her in charge, man? Exactly. And so... Um, so they they have this weird heartfelt scene where they seem poised to reenact the last scene from It. And then they go to the alien planet and uh, they... Fight a giant chicken monster? Oh, great scene. That's yeah, so these snot aliens like have some sort of chicken complex. Well, it was a great I, joke where uh, Shane goes, Hey, when I sneeze, it looks like an advanced alien species too. 
it's yes. really funny because like oh like, Tyrone's not what should we do okay I and get it was, like the alien appearance see I, like I didn't monster I didn't get that when I was watching the movie but when you explained it to me I understood the joke I well, get what's that. really funny is the girls on like the right of Jean they're like ew gross because the girls and like you're not into that gross shit you know yeah you're more into that like gross shit. And karate as well. Okay, girls, you know what I mean? Yeah, because like... Give us the, a chocolate and shit and they'll be satisfied, you know? Yeah. I'm trying. She taught me a lot about life and how it will work. So they Eric, go to Donkey speak Island. Speak of Eric. On what? Speak of women. On, on women. Well, it's fucking the ladies just break your balls every time. You gotta find a good one. All right, Claude, you're saying All right, so... Um, I I guess they just kind of have like t- thrown together denouement. They attack the giant chicken thing and then save the day and all go home, right? Alright. I, I mean, that's essentially what happens by the end of the movie, right? Well, this is this is not. I mean, he create, it's basically Chekhov's gun. Where Shane Craig comes back at the end of the movie. Oh, the, okay, right, right. Where he, he makes himself giant to scare off the, the aliens. Well, he's making himself planet-sized, but I gotta say, he's not planet-sized. Yeah. Ooh, talk about the uh, the gust of air in the middle of space. Oh, I was very upset when watching the scene with uh, Eric. I screamed out loud, threw my dick to the floor, and go, that is not possible. Where Jimmy Neutron becomes planet-sized, and uh, Patrick Stewart's ship, I'm sorry, it's her Patrick Stewart's ship, is like, uh, pretty big, not too big to him. Like, maybe a size of an eye. It's big, big, big enough. Yeah, it makes no fun size. So I'll, I'll cool Average size. I won't cool Average that. size. But Jimmy Neutron blows a puff of air and blows shit across the realms of space. <gasps> that is not possible. Air does not travel in space. Jimmy Neutron, boy genius, baby genius team. Yeah. Yeah, that see the the physics are all off. But as as Zach was explaining, there's an intricate you know backstory. There's a, a, a kind of universe or world that they develop. So yeah, I, I I get I get your point. I think you uh, you have a right to be angry. You know, um, I was very angry. My fury is mean, I was angry. Okay, angry. I mean, the movie's pretty great up to that point. I, I could forget it. Right? So. Well, all right. It it was weird because um, all right. So yeah, and it ends and happily ever after. Is there anything else that we need to comment on? Well, the ending is pretty funny. Where she drinks the burping soda. Oh yeah, they get back. Why home. did he develop the burping soda? I don't think the movie ever discussed that. Well, I I guess. Why does he have invisible novelty? hamsters? None of this movie makes sense. Oh, yeah, he had invisible hamsters. I was not paying attention to that. Yeah, he, he, he has invisible hamsters. That's one of Why his signs. Why did he that? I don't know. Perhaps it, it was a commission from the military. You mean he works for the military? To fight Al-Qaeda. Jimmy Nishra works for the military. So he works for Al-Qaeda. Yeah, I, I did wonder if... Yes. Um, I wondered if uh, you know the the department if he had like some crazy defense budget or something like that, which was allowing him to craft things like a girl eating plant. It's quite possible. Okay. Okay. Like, that's why they didn't shoot him out of the sky in the beginning. He was flying right over military airspace. Okay. And it's like, it, it all makes sense now. Is he yeah. a genius? So shoot him now. He's giving us technology to fight Al Qaeda in this post nine eleven world war world. He is clearly our savior. Yeah. His genius will save us all from he, the infidels. He develops interstellar travel without the use of bodysuits. Mm-hmm. I mean, he really is the best help we have. Like, like he's Tony Stark and he's Captain America. Huh. Like, at the same time. Stops the intergalactic war from happening. Yeah. Can Captain America say the same thing? No. no. Can Tony Stark say the same thing? No. no. Can... Tony Montana say the same thing? No. Yeah. So, all right. They get the burping cola, and we end with uh, his mom and dad just burping it out. And then... Very erotic, by the way. Yeah, yeah. It's fairly erotic. And then in the middle of the credit sequence, we see the... Wait, the te- wait, wait, wait. wait. Guys, guys. The credit sequence. I didn't expect Nick Fury to show up. It was pretty crazy when he showed up. I was not checking that. That that was weird, especially because he was riding a giant worm. Yep. 
He only shows it to Miss Fowl, which is very weird. He goes, Miss Fowl, understand that there's worlds beyond the worlds that you know. And she's riding a giant worm. It's like yeah, one of the sandworms out of Beetlejuice. Worms. It's very weird. He struck down too. Yeah. And then for some reason, the two giant worms touch each other and start docking. <laughs> Guys, I don't it think all comes that's a full thing. circle. Full circle. Uh, he starts kissing Miss Fowler lips and he becomes very sexual because clarinet. Then for Rosencrantz, you see them making love. Just for clarification, I forgot. Was, were the end, was the end credit font um, Windings or Comic Sans? Comic Sans. Oh, okay. No, 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 it was. It was oh, what, no, was it Curls? Is it not Curls? I don't think it was Curls. It was Papyrus. Papyrus! I always so like classy. Of how, so classy. <laughs> I always enjoy the discussion of how shitty the end credit fonts are or how the opening credit fonts are. It always makes me laugh every time. It's like the dumbest joke, but it makes me laugh every time. Yeah. So. But you know what's funny? Wingdings. Let's talk about wingdings. Wingdings. Uh, what's your favorite wingdings font size? Wingdings? Yeah, your favorite wingdings font size. Like, what's the most comically funny font? Oh, man. I don't, I don't know typography, dude. I'm old. 72. That's pretty funny. 24. Oh, yeah. Mine's 12. Uh, <laughs> you so, want to know why mine's 72? Because it shares something in common. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. 72 yeah. point. Yeah, I see that. It's great. <laughs> so, is there anything left to say about this movie? No, let's uh, move on. That's pretty great. All right. Why did we watch it? Yes, Andrew, tell us, why did we watch it? I don't know Turtle from the podcast. I uh, talked about Turtle, which we're on right now. Right? Yes. Jerry Ferrara, the actor who plays Turtle? Mm-hmm. Well, fun fact. Sir Patrick Stewart is his uncle. No way. I know, it's very weird to believe, but... That's it. Whatever. I'm drunk. I don't care. I'll admit it. I have a problem. Uh, yeah, we, we, we saw that. I'm we, not gonna get recovery. We saw that trying to unspool, man. But like, so, so this was just a throwaway line on the podcast, and you decided to watch it anyway. Well, Eric agreed, agreed to watch it. Did not okay. agree to watch this. Listen, to Car- I mean, Eric. <laughs> Eric's here. Eric's here. I mean, Eric's still doing the podcast. Don't worry. Don't worry. Everything's good. I mean, we're still good. We're still good. We're still good. So, what What would you do with this movie? Fear. So fucking fear. Would you say that this is a, a an appropriate movie for children? Do you think this oh, is a yeah? Children will love it. Children will love cries. Children love anything you throw at them. They're fucking dumb. Do you, Do you think that you'd show this to your kids, or do you think oh, it's dated? Fuck yeah, I got like five kids and don't watch anything you throw at them. Okay, I watch Game of Thrones with them. They love it. I I, I can understand. Kids love Game of Thrones, man. They're like everybody hey, loves Game of Thrones. Blood, great. And I'm like, hey, if you see someone in school who makes fun of you, sh- you shake them. Exactly. So, all right. But do you think this film has, has dated? I mean, we were talking about it being no, part of the... it's the clear as day. still relevant to today. I mean, don't talk to strangers. Internet. Move. Number one that. rule. Cell phones. Beautiful. Kid news. Yeah. Still Kid news. Gotcha. So this is a hearty endorsement for this film. Yep. Eric, what would you say for this one? I'd have sex with Linda Ellerby. She's a nice... Cause she's a good-looking lady. Who? Exactly. Cool. All right. I'm going to throw a discussion, but thank you, right? <laughs> All right, man. Well, um, uh, well, how many uh, neutrons would you get this movie out of 10 electrons? A little science joke for us science nerds, am I right? Yeah. There's a new yeah. bullies. Well, uh, I, I, I think I'd give this about a four. I mean, it's just not up my alley, man. Sorry about that. Well, uh, we're having a podcast again. Thank you. Zach? Uh, I stated it earlier. I would give this 6.5 neutrons out of 10 electrons. Would bang. Okay. Negative four. This is horrible. Well, as we all know, negative means positive in the atomic world. So stop, twist, stop twisting my words. So 4.5. I'll give it a solid five. 
too. I'm not sure how accurate that is to how I felt about the actual movie when watching it. It's not accurate at all. Well, Eric, why don't you describe to me my experience watching the movie? Um, there was a lot of shouting, so I think you shouldn't be any higher Give than two. Give me some two. quotes from me. There's no air in space. Three more questions. He's taking his shirt off again. I'd fuck Nick. Because he is so damn cool. He's so damn cool. Um, oh, there was one. There was one about the egg. The egg people. So what was it? He has robot arms. How can he feel? <laughs> that was a big stick uh, Ridden with plot holes. <laughs> ridden. What's the easy which if you talk more to you? Ridden with plot holes. Ridden with plot holes. This is one thing you take away from watching this movie. It's ridden with plot holes. Yes. And be choked on and die. Anyway, uh, Carl, though, thank you for being here. You're welcome. Oh! Fuck, I mean, Eric, Eric, Eric. Eric's here. Eric's here. Eric, Eric, you're here. The, the local drunk here has clearly forgotten. I am here. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a teacher slash bartender from New Jersey. Come a ghoul. Chris Christie. Yeah. <laughs> Eric is from New Jersey, so excuse him for shouting out. The Garden guys. State. Yeah. Starring Zach right. Braff. I'll just give you $20 for no reason. Okay. Carla. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, right? Yes. I just want your name. E R I K. Yeah. Uh, Zach, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. This was fun. Uh, Claude, thank you for being here. Oh, thank you, sir. Thanks for uh, having me back, though my presence is controversial. We'll have more complaints about you later on, I'm soon. All right. Carlos, thank you for being here. You're welcome. Oh, fuck! I mean, Eric, 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 oh, Eric, God. Eric. Eric did this podcast. Aaron, listen, uh, oh, oh, um, listen, um, uh, uh, it, Eric, we'll be back next week. Bye.